Today's episode is a rerun. It's a holiday here in the States, and Tony was traveling to play a show. Happy 4th! Here's a favorite episode of a show from a few years ago. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Lenny and Squiggy present Lenny and the Squig Tones from 1979. On February 25th, 1972, the ABC Network's comedy anthology series Love American Style aired a segment entitled Love and the Television Set. The segment was actually an unsold pilot starring Ron Howard, Marion Ross, and Anson Williams. It's pretty hard to be 16 and growing up. Maybe it was easier when my parents were young, but now it's the 1950s and the world's really getting complicated. Now, don't get me wrong, I have a great family. My father's in the hardware business. My mom does volunteer work for the Red Cross. My brother goes to college. And my sister wants to go to an orthodontist. A then 28-year-old George Lucas saw the episode and ended up casting Howard as the lead in his 1973 film, American Graffiti. American Graffiti! Baby, what's that? It's a movie! Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Go back in time! Where were you in 62? After the film's success, ABC suddenly had a renewed interest in the pilot. Shortly after, the pilot sold and was named Happy Days. On January 15, 1974... Happy Days debuted on ABC. Initially, the show was just a moderate success, but all that changed in season three when the show started featuring one of its minor characters, Arthur Fonzarelli, aka The Fonz, played by Henry Winkler. How come? Because I'm the Fonz! Oh, hey! That change made all the difference. Happy Days became the number one show, and its popularity led to several spinoffs. One of those spinoffs was based on a couple of the Fonz's friends. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hasenbeff Incorporated. Laverne and Shirley debuted on January 27, 1976 on ABC. For the first few episodes of the show, it was actually called Laverne DeFazio and Shirley Feeney, but was quickly shortened to just Laverne and Shirley. Like Happy Days, the show was set in 1950s Milwaukee. Laverne, played by Penny Marshall, and Shirley, played by Cindy Williams, were two friends and roommates working as bottle cappers in the fictitious Schatz Brewery. Laverne and Shirley lived in a basement apartment and had two upstairs neighbors, Leonard Lenny Kosnowski and Andrew Squiggy Squigman. Lenny and Squiggy were the creations of Michael McKeon and David Lander. They had created those characters, though Squiggy was originally called Anthony, while they were both theater students at Carnegie Mellon University. Lander has reportedly said that they created the characters while high. McKeon and Lander's partnership continued after graduation joining the comedy group The Credibility Gap, alongside Harry Shearer, more on him in a bit, in Los Angeles in the early 1970s. When Laverne and Shirley was sold as a television show, Penny Marshall tried to involve her friend Michael McKeon, 
Here's McKeon talking about that in the 2010 interview on Sirius XM's Unmasked with Ron Bennington. They only had they only had the two characters. They only had the two girls and the Eddie Mecca character, the right. big ragu. And they needed some more support. They needed some more working class kind of people. So Penny said, why don't you guys come to this party tonight? And so we came to this party and uh, Rob Reiner, who was married yeah. to Penny at the time, says, do those guys, do those guys you do. Do uh, Lenny and Antony, that were their names then. It was before, it wasn't named Squiggy, his name was Antony, Antony Flizigliano. And the two producers, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lowell and Mark were there. And they said, these guys are pretty good. What, uh, how do we do this and, and save money? So, um, uh, so they said, yeah, well, we hired them as writers, as apprentice writers, because we weren't in the guild. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll pay him a little something, and then maybe we can work these characters in, you know, a few shows down the line. Here's Laverne and Shirley writer Mark Rothman on the Television Academy Foundation's The Interviews, talking about the performance at that party that got them the job. And they did 15 minutes of the funniest stuff you've ever seen. The only drawback was it was utterly filthy. You could not imagine how filthy it was. And the filthier it was the funnier it was. Lowell and I looked at each other and we said, what do you think? Do you think it works clean? And I said to him, if it's a fifth as funny, clean, it's still funnier than anything else on TV. And so we put them on, they did it clean, and it was about a fifth as funny as it it was at uh, Penny's house, and it was still funnier than anything else on TV. Lenny and Squiggy were a hit right away. The second-to-last episode of the first season, entitled Suds to Stardom, aired on May 11, 1976. In the episode, Schatz Brewery is having a company talent show in Lenny and Squiggy audition to take part as musicians. What are you going to do for us today? Drive your truck? (laughs) Low blow. (laughs) I tell you where we're going to park it, We're a, um, we're a musical combination, Lenny and the Squig Tones. I'm Lenny. And I'm the Squig Tones. Look, can we get on with this? Yeah. All right, we can get on with it. Testing, testing. Over here. Over here. Lenny and the Squig Tones made several return appearances throughout the run of the series. McKean and Lander would actually perform the songs live in the episodes. McKean was no stranger to music. His father, Gilbert McKean, was one of the founders of Decca Records a label that once turned down a chance to record the Beatles, saying that guitar groups are on the way out. Coincidentally, Bill Haley and the Comets' Rock Around the Clock was released on Decca Records and was used as the theme song for the first two seasons of Happy Days. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. What you that right song? Join me home. McKean was already a guitarist and singer, in 1967, he was briefly a member of the New York City Baroque pop band, The Left Bank, best known for their hit single, Walk Away Renee. McKean wasn't actually on the recording of Walk Away Renee, but he does appear on their single Ivy Ivy in 1967, but he never actually appeared on any of their albums. By season three, Laverne and Shirley was the most watched show on American television. With its success, plenty of Laverne and Shirley merchandise hit store shelves. 
toys, Halloween costumes, a board game, jigsaw puzzles, coloring books, and plenty more. In 1976, Atlanta Records even released Laverne and Shirley Sing, mostly a covers album, but also featured two original songs. One of those songs, OG, was written by Michael McKeon. OG, I wanna go out tonight. OG, I wanna feel alright. OG, why won't you call me on the phone? Cause I don't wanna be alone. That would only be the beginning of Michael McKeon's songwriting for major label releases. In 1979, Casablanca Records released Lenny and Squiggy present Lenny and the Squig Tones. Hello! <laughs> All the tracks were written by McKean and Lander. It's mostly a live album recorded at the Roxy in Hollywood, California. Because of this, six of the album's 15 tracks are actually just in-character stage banter from Lenny and Squiggy. I thought he was going to start crying there oh, for a minute. Hey, come on, I never cry. I'm too macho for that. <laughs> you do what? Macho. Macho. It's short for mature. Oh. I don't, what does that have to do with crying, though? I don't get it. Well, I mean, like a, a man or a macho man, if you will, he, uh, he can't cry. You know what I mean? I mean, it's against nature's laws. I mean, she's, what? Well, I mean, nature has ways of showing sadness yeah. between a man and a woman. When a woman is sad, she cries. When a man is sad, he throws up. What? The first song on the album, Night After Night, had been performed on a season three episode entitled The Second Almost Annual Shots Talent Show. But now, the song has a full band arrangement. This song is called Night After Night, and it's about two nights in a row. Night after night, held you in my arms. Darling. Night after night, I sampled all your charms. Since the characters in Laverne and Shirley lived in the 1950s, all the songs were mostly parodies of 50s-style ballads. One of those songs was Creature Without a Head. The moonlight does funny things, I've heard the wise man say. But when you're in love, your moon shines every day. You don't even care if you're living or you're dead. You're the creature without a head. King of the Cars was a little more of a 60s-sounding Beach Boys influence. They even did a performance of the song on American Bandstand. Ladies and gentlemen, as I promised you, the stars of Laverne and Shirley. Forget Cindy Williams, forget Penny Marshall. Lenny and the Squeak Tones! They performed two songs on American Bandstand, with Dick Clark interviewing them and meeting the band between the two performances. 
It's here that we met another soon-to-be legendary fictional character for the first time. Would you introduce me to this gentleman here? All right. Uh, state your name and tell us uh, what you do. Oh, my name is Nigel Tufnell. I come from Swindon, England. I play guitar. That's right. Five years before the release of This Is Spinal Tap, Christopher Guest was already playing the character of Nigel Tufnell as the guitarist of Lenny and the Squigtones. In fact... The three members of Spinal Tap, Michael McKeon, Christopher Gast, and Harry Shearer, had all appeared in a season three episode of Laverne and Shirley entitled Bus Stop, though they didn't actually appear as their Spinal Tap characters. McKeon actually barely appears in the final season of Laverne and Shirley because he was busy working on this as Spinal Tap. Lander usually appears alone in that season. Christopher Guest... Nigel Tufnell, whatever you want to call him, isn't the only musician in the band who would go on to other fictional band fame. Keyboardist Murphy Murph Dunn, credited in the Squigtones as Lars Svenke, would go on to become the keyboardist for the Blues Brothers. He even appeared in their 1980 film, and then later the sequel, getting the position after the original keyboardist Paul Schaefer could not appear due to contractual obligations with Saturday Night Live. The rest of the band consisted of bassist Steve Benderoth, credited on the vinyl's inner sleeve band photo as Dwight Knight. The same photo also credits Ming the Merciless on drums. Rumors floated around that Ming was actually Kiss drummer Peter Chris. It's a rumor that Chris has always denied, and years later Michael McKeon confirmed that the drummer was actually Don Poncher, a credit that's actually listed on the back cover of the album, so... I'm not sure how that rumor really got spread other than the fact that Poncher does bear some resemblance to Chris and Kiss were also on Casablanca Records at the time. The inner sleeve also contained a note from Lenny and the Squigtones fictional managers Mike McKeon and Dave Lander, a.k.a. Landmac LTD Management. And their roadie even made it into the band photo, a man credited as Beanie Barnhill, again with the back cover crediting his real name, Greg Green. The vinyl also included a full-color poster of Lenny and Squiggy. I happened to find a good copy of the vinyl recently, and it had the poster, so I'll post a photo of the poster on the Bizarre Albums Instagram, so make sure you're following at Bizarre Albums. Sister-in-law, why do you look so much cuter today? Sister-in-law, you got me thinking in your family way. If you were one Star-Crossed is another song on the album that first appeared on Laverne and Shirley. In fact, it's the song they performed in the first season episode, which Lenny and the Squigtones made their debut. I live on the north side, she lives on the west. The west is the worst side, the north is the best. Her father's a drunk.
The album's closing song, Foreign Legion of Love, actually became a bit of a hit for the squeak tones, regularly being played on the Dr. Demento show. Well, I glanced up at the weather, and it seemed to me like rain, so I opened my umbrella just to cover up my brain. But it seemed like Mother Nature had something different planned, and instead of little raindrops, I got 60 tons of sand. She said, welcome to the Outside of Laverne and Shirley, McKean and Lander have worked together several times, including appearing together in the film's Used Cars in 1941. David Lander was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 1984, but he didn't go public about it until 1999, then going on to be a goodwill ambassador for the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. Since 1997, he's worked as a baseball talent scout for both the Anaheim Angels and the Seattle Mariners. On top of Michael McKeon's acting work, his musical career continues to this day. Of course, he went on to play David St. Hubbins in Spinal Tap. And in the early 2000s, he even won a Grammy and was nominated for an Academy Award for his songwriting in the Christopher Guest film, A Mighty Wind. Oh, when the veil of dreams has lifted And the fairy tales have all been told there's a kiss at the end of the rainbow More precious than a pot of gold Before I close up this episode, let's circle back to the Squigtones album for a minute. It had two credited producers. One of those producers was Dave Appel. Appel was once the leader of Cameo Parkway's house band, backing such artists as Chubby Checker, Bobby Rydell, and D.D. Sharp, who performed Mashed Potato Time, which you may remember from the D.D. King episode. The other producer was Hank Medris. Medris was a member of the 50s doo-wop group The Tokens, alongside Jay Siegel, who provided backing vocals for the squeak tones on this album. The Tokens were best known for their number one hit from 1961, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. After leaving the tokens, Redress went on to produce albums for artists such as Tony Orlando and Don, David Johansson, and Rick Springfield. In 1983, he even produced an album called Reach for American fitness guru Richard Simmons. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and go ahead and leave a review while you're at it. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums. And I'm at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. If you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at BizarreAlbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.